It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, based on the book of the same title, hardcover, paperback, and the dulcet tones on audiobook. Isn't that right, Stevie? We are again. Here we are once again. This is episode 67. Holy moly. And you brought a friend with you today. Uh, and this is not someone that was like, ew, meet you to for coffee. I don't know you. This is someone you've known for a few years. Well, you know, in some universe, she's me. Really? Oh, boy. True, right? She is me with long blonde hair. In a parallel universe, (laughs) Leslie Wolfson, founder, president of Connect the Dots, is you. You said, oh, boy, immediately, which means you may have objection to that. Is that correct? By the way, welcome. Nice to have you. Hey. Nice nice to to meet you as well. Yeah. Why, why, oh, boy, when you're his parallel universe uh, twin. I don't know. It's a little scary. What can I say? Really? Really? How'd you you guys meet, Steve? So, um... Uh, ABC, Weston? ABC, ABC Cellular, Cellular Days. Really? Yeah, wow. Back, back, back yeah. today. All right, that was your company back 26 years ago. So, so here's the takeaway. What, what makes Leslie great is that she knows how to create and maintain relationships mm-hmm. at scale. She is she's the a founder of a company called Connect the Dots. Connect the Dots. And she's been a connector before people even knew that they were being connected. All right, where did that you idea agree? come from? Where, where did it come to you that you thought, hmm, you know what I should be doing? I should be connecting dots. I think I spent 20 years in magazine publishing, mm-hmm. so not that many people have needed typical ads. Mm-hmm. It was about access. Right. And it came naturally to me. I was always getting a kid's jobs or helping people put together deals and opportunities. And as a publisher- But you liked it. You liked, I liked doing it. That. It was totally, my boss said to me once, why do you waste your time doing these things? I'm mm-hmm. like, first of all, because I can, right. because it's good karma, good. and I like doing it. And he couldn't understand that. So not everyone is wired like I am, mm-hmm. like Steve is. And um, so I did that for 20 years as part of my career, and then I turned that into a business. I'm, I, I'm it, a was a, it was a kind of a flex point when I said, how do I monetize this? You'll notice there's a theme here. This is 67 episodes in, and often it seems as though the guests are people who naturally like to connect others for their mutual benefit and not necessarily thinking about themselves, uh, right? I mean, that's the philosophy. I the love universe, that you take that theme away. First of all, she said the name Good Karma, so the right. name of this company is Good Karma. The so studios where this podcast thank, thank is recorded. Thank you for doing that. Yep, but yep. Um, it, it is inherent in a lot of great leaders and you know, the top 5% of salespeople is that they know how to do something and they do it because they can. Mm-hmm. And then the money follows. You didn't once hear her say, oh, this was great. At some point she said, this is a skill set that I should figure out how to monetize. Right. Not like, how am I going to make money? And then I'm going to go connect people. It happens the other way. Mm-hmm. It's organic. It's genuine and authentic. And that's what people love. And to understand how to do that at scale, which you're capable of doing the people you know and how you know them and what you've done is fantastic. How to manage that in your brain, that's the skill set. That's exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> At times I, it's exhausting. You know I often say just because in life you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Right. And that means the sketchy stuff. That means the teller at the bank gave you too much money and you could keep it. 
It means the girl's had too much to drink and you could kiss her. Doesn't mean Ooh. you should. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. It however, took us, it took us seven minutes to get into sex. However, <laughs> however, on the flip side, um, if you can do something, you should. And that's the other side of, wait a minute, I don't get it. 100%. When you say, if there's some way that you can help, if there's someone you can connect, introduce, take a moment, you're making the universe slightly a better place, at least changing for these folks. You're doing something in the good way when you can. It was always the way I operated organically. In fact, people used to say to me for years, why don't you do this as a business? And I said, I don't know how to turn this into a business. Right. It's just what I do. Right. Until one day, it was like I was tired of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was tired of publishing. It was a different industry. Well, you were for fun a spectacular, anymore. you know, the magazine was, I don't know if you want to share, but it was. I was it, the publisher of Ocean Drive Magazine, mm-hmm. which was in its heyday, the, the beginning of. You set the, the stage for so for many, so that many came behind things. You. Yeah. And then I um, created a magazine called Miami Magazine. Mm-hmm. And then I went to New York and ran a magazine called Manhattan Magazine. Mm-hmm. And then I was done with magazines. Right. Well, and, I, I, know, I know a little something about your business. I do a feature every month for a couple magazines, and I know that on the publishing side and keeping up on that, it is, uh, yeah, you can get burned out. Yeah. Like anyone else in any other field, but in particular, there's deadlines and there's numbers and there's, and there's a lot of politics and how do I, like you said. It I, was an amazing experience, and it sure. was great, and it was fun for 90% of it. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it, it stopped becoming fun. Steve, the theme in your book, the chapter is Give to Get. Does, does a little bit about what Leslie does and I do and you do just where it's like, hey, hold on, let me connect you with, and we got no stake in this. You know, we have no horse in this race. Right. Isn't that part of the get to give? So the, the original philosophy was me as a sales guy, especially when I was growing the phone business, I'd sit down with somebody, I'd listen to what they wanted to do, whether it would included me or not, mm. I thought I could do it. And I say, hey, you know what? You should meet Leslie and Josh, you know, and people would go, what are you talking about? We're not right. even working together yet. Right. That's how my brain was programmed to say, okay. here's, here's yeah, the same way. Here's two people. Are very much alike. Yeah, yeah. Which is insane. Same you know? here. And it beca- so when you said exhausting, I can't help myself. The minute somebody tells me their business, I'm going bang, you know? So it, it reminded me of the game show concentration. Mm-hmm. I was one of those guys that, you know, one number would turn over and then all of a sudden another number would turn over and I could, make that match that's numbers. a great analogy and this is what it was for yeah. me my brain never turned off from one objective well, if i make a connection for you you'll remember that forever was this nature or nurture was this a learned behavior for you or was it in the household great and the question. philosophy I, of the I, family i think it was completely nature that i nurtured nature to nurture because you have that instinct mm-hmm. but it's like how do you fine-tune it I and mean, people say to me um I've managed many sales teams, and I love that. And people would say, oh, well, I, I'm going to go network. And they'd come in the next day with a stack of cards. Look, I networked. Like, that's Hello. Not, yeah, that's collecting cards. That's collecting cards. Little, little kids do it with baseball players on the front. Right. <laughs> it's not exactly networking. And I, I think also is people don't really understand how to network and then with that build relationships. And a lot of that is listening. You talk to people. You create conversation. It's the biggest part. It's the biggest part. And some people feel like if they talk louder and talk faster mm-hmm. and throw a lot of things that they're connecting no. and they have no idea what that person wants. Yeah. And so networking and building relationships is the core of everything I've always done. So from publishing then became this idea of, all right, I'm going to go ahead and connect people. I'm going to go ahead and get folks with and to whom in front of they need to be for their substantiated symbiotic, uh, you know, mutual growth. And then you figured out how to monetize this. 
I'm now, now you roll your eyes when you say that. It's a podcast, but you roll your eyes when you say I that. I rolled my eyes. Because it's a work in progress. I registered the name Connect the Dots a year and a half before I ever started my company or knew what the heck I was going to do with it. Which is an that. awesome name, by mm-hmm. the way. Let's of course call it is. What it, is. But it, was, awesome. it was always what I did. It's my personal life, my professional life. It's just how I've always rolled. So um, I came back to Miami and I sent about a bunch of emails and I came home and I had five clients and I'm like, well, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. And so in the last... Well, it's very funny that I'm here today because I got that LinkedIn notification like, today's your seven-year work anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary, right yeah. to me. Oh, nice. Um, I started this company that's morphed every year. I say I'm, I'm kind of fine-tuning or recreating myself. And so um, when people ask me, they're like, I don't really know what you do. Mm-hmm. I said, it's business development. I create marketing or business partnerships or something that has value to a couple sides. There's synergy here. Synergy. And my first rule when I decided to start my um, business plan and sat down and really focused was the no asshole rule, mm-hmm. which is bing, 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 if bing. I don't like you and I don't trust you, I don't have to work with you anymore because I've right. had to for all these years. Wow. And then everything else just kind of trickled down. I had to have fun. I had to feel like I could create value. And if I liked the person, but I didn't think I could help them, I'd find someone so who could. So th- there, were, there were clients, there were ad- advertising, marketing partners that you had relationships with from publishing previous that you consciously decided, yeah, I'm not going to take your check. I just don't want to work with you. The negativity, the vibes are bad. So you, you cut some folks. You, you legitimately said, yeah, you're out. Oh, I've, I've cut a lot personally and professionally. Yeah. Um, and that's well, we all do it personally. We were just talking about uh, Jack Welsh. Mm-hmm. He says cut 20% of the people and uh, out of your business, out of your life, the bottom 20% that are not producing, yeah. they're energy vampires. Get rid of them. They're yeah. sucking the life people, out of you. Yeah, people either bring you energy like a cell phone charger or they sap it from you. That's exactly right. And so identifying the ones that, no, you said you've done a personal, we've all done a personal. But the professional, a lot of people listening to this and that read the book also need to understand it's okay sometimes to not want to do business because of what comes with it, the drama and the stress and the nonsense. So, that 20% so, so it's you're really about. neat. So there was an aha moment for me when Malcolm Gladwell wrote the book, The Tipping Point. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the book. Like I, I read it and I was so engaged in the book and I'm saying to myself, you know what? He just proved to me that I could make a living based on the people I know. Mm-hmm. Because I could connect people, there's value in that. That prior to that point, it was added value. Now it's not added value. Right. It is the value. It is. It is the value that business people understand that it's who you know and how fast you can know them. Mm-hmm. So we cut out the learning curve. Hey, who do you want to meet? Tell us the target audience. And in you know a day, here's a list of people you can meet. There's right. not very many people on the planet that are programmed to do that. It took me a little while to really value myself what I did. Yeah, really. And once I understood the power of it, um, it was much easier so you getting my point across to others. You weren't aware of how good you were, what right. you did, and what you could do as well as the others around you were. People would say to me all the time, you know, you have this knack, you have this ability, you have this gift, whatever it was. And I was like, yeah. You know, laugh it off. It's all great. It's all cool. It's that's my personality. But when I started to really get feedback from people that I respected, I was like, this "Do you remember is the cool. moment? Do you remember the moment that you were like, holy cow, that opinion matters? I guess there's something here. I need to take myself more serious." I I, I can't say there was one moment. Uh-huh. I think it's been, um, 
kind of uh, an earthquake of a lot of people just coming at me at the same time. But you had Especially, validation in your first I, platform. I always had validation, right? right. right. I mean, and it was what I did, you know, without any compensation. It was just what I did for, again, I always say going back to karma again. So mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting that my karma bank is really, really full. Some folks are delusional and they have an inflated <laughs> sense of self-worth, right? I mean, you worked in sales all those years. Yeah. There's lots of folks that think that they're a lot more important than they really are. Oh, yeah. And then there are folks who don't realize how valuable they are and the talents and the gifts they have. And it sounds to me as though you weren't either willing to admit it out of your own just being humble and humility, um, or you had to hear from the right folks that you had a special gift and you might want to try and develop it. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I very confident so it wasn't I ever questioned my abilities Perfect. I just think I didn't realize the power of what relationships are and I've worked with people now for years teaching them not only the value of a relationship but how do you really build a relationship that has some staying power mm -hmm. and with that it has revenue it has business opportunities it has connections that are that are really powerful so so the challenge to people who actually know how to do it is the ones who are talking about it all the time. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we call them name droppers. Mm -hmm. You get in a meeting and they're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I know, you know, Bill Gates, yeah, yeah, get, I'm going to get you a meeting with Bill Gates, you know, mm -hmm. and they're bullshitting their way through it. Right. And you know for a fact they're bullshitting. It's so disingenuous that it makes it harder for those that come behind it and say, you know, guess what? I, I can get you that meeting, but what's that worth to you? Mm -hmm. That second part of the question never asked because I was... I was doing it with all the altruistic nature of it, right. but you know what? I'm much more valuable in some of the marketing services that people buy, and I would see what marketing companies got paid, what they paid my marketing company. The marketing was a tactic. This was, hey, I'm going to make one single introduction, and that introduction creates a pipeline of value. Why shouldn't I share in that? And so I think the, the confidence part shifted for all of us and gave us, this, at one point, you just say, well, shouldn't I raise my hand here and get paid like everybody else? Because, you know, that there really is tangible metrics that you can look at the work that we do. A lot of us don't know that we're good at things or don't believe in ourselves or even with confidence or don't necessarily recognize until others that they appreciate and respect say, yo, you need to do. And then they, they oh, OK, maybe I should. I mean, I've seen it. There's a million of those stories in comedy where somebody's really, truly gifted and they didn't know it or didn't believe it because all comedians reside at the intersection of self-doubt and self-loathing. Well, right uh, in that corner could be salespeople too, by and the way. A lot of salespeople <laughs> too, right? And, and then someone they respect and admire says, and then all of a sudden they let that go. Sounds like this. But, but what you're talking about, you know, in the name drop, first of all, that goes right back to rule number one and that's about authentic. Authentic right. always wins. People are better than ever really at, at judging bullshit. They're, they're better than ever at seeing through the nonsense. I think the internet has helped them in that. And number two, like Robert De Niro always told me, nobody likes a name dropper. Yeah, no one does. It's a joke. I know. <laughs> Thank you very that's much. That's a good one. Thank I'll play it with you. Though. Thank you very much. So you know what? 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 The other part that's changed, and uh, we were involved in a project together. We didn't get started together. Right. You know what? Right. But next thing you know, we're in Dublin together. That was you fun. Know, which was a blast. And we're like going why don't we do more of this together <laughs> and timing wasn't right or atmosphere wasn't right. But the vibe was. But, oh, we knew the you vibe knew, from You knew way you back, saw the world in a similar, back. you know, you were you kindred soul. Well, I think business. this is a, a nature, this is a product of what's going on in the economy now. It's okay to be collaborative. Mm -hmm. You know, where in the, in the end it was almost like, well, th these are my relationships and those are your relationships mm -hmm. and how do we mesh them? 
you know, I reached out. We had lunch a, a week ago. I said, I got a bunch of different things going on that you could be the pilot for. You could be the co-pilot. I don't care. You can call yourself anything you want. Collaborative. But if we work together on this, one and one is 11. Yeah. And I don't know in my sales career when that tipped. I was always one and one. It's all about me. Yeah, you know, I'm going. I'm doing. I'm gonna make it happen. A couple years ago, I looked at the Billboard chart and the Hot 100, the top 20, and I'm like, "Who's this Feet guy? This Feet guy's on every damn song. Oh, featuring because of so and so featuring, so and so featuring the collaboration. You hear these guys talking about Kenny? That's a win. Collab. That's a win. That Josh Cohen. How clever was that? (laughs) But that's almost as good as Market. At marketing, market at marketing, marketing at um, but but brands, mer- you know, I'm in the, I pay attention. I'm a secret marketing nerd, and now you've got these line of flavored milks, and it used to just be the milk, but now it's Butterfinger milk. Now this one tastes like Frosted Flakes. In other words, they're taking there's milk that, that tastes like Frosted Flakes. There's milks that take milk oh my God. that tastes like the end of the cereal. Oh my God! Which, yes, is that right next to the CBD aisle? Is that no, <laughs> no, it shouldn't be. No, I'm talking about Publix and Winn Dixie. I'm talking major Holy grocery moly. store chains. The, the idea being, we could do flavored milks, but they're an existing brand, and then just our existing milk brand. Let's merge them, and boom, to to your to your benefit, to your credit. Or what Reese's peanut butter and and chocolate, you know. That was a good one. Thank you. But you know, collaboration has always been the way I've operated, and I've learned from building teams and working with people that the power is just tenfold of what you could do on your own. But it has to be the right people. Well. I have always been really good at surrounding myself no with good role. people. The no asshole role. Yeah, right. that was a good one. No matter how well they can sell, hey, no look, matter how even, they can earn. Uh, even when I was working for someone else and, and running their teams, if there was a client that was disrespectful or terrible or any other word you want to say to one of my salespeople, I would say, walk away. Mm-hmm. And my boss got pissed at me. He said, how can you do that? Yep. I said, walk away and let's just wait. And the client came back mm-hmm. and they apologized for being mm-hmm. an asshole. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was a good, it was a good lesson for me to, because I was scared too. It was a big piece of business mm-hmm. and um, it served me well. That's that, uh, the balance. That's that balance of the no asshole rule that you apply and the 20% that Jack Welch talked about and not more people, better people. You know, sometimes you don't need a bigger circle. You just need a tighter circle. Well, it's also understanding that you can't know everybody. Nor should you. Right. You know, it's impossible Nor should you know, you. to manage that. You know, LinkedIn, you know, people go, oh, my God, he's the LinkedIn guy. LinkedIn has allowed me to manage those relationships at scale. I mean, there's no other way to really be intimate with that many people. It's a platform that allowed you, you to do that. And so, you know, for me, that all of a sudden it's the exposure and it's like people I haven't seen in a long time. But, you know, they right. already know my story, right. which is, you know. A common theme on this podcast is and of entrepreneurs. Almost all of us, including Steve and myself, and the guests generally are of an entrepreneurial spirit. There was their decision, either I'm going to make somebody else money or I'm going to make myself money. Um, and I got an idea and I'm going to make my own, create my own opportunities. So you're an entrepreneur. Um, at some point you said, yeah, this publishing company and this media group and all that's fine and dandy, but I'm going to go my own way. Do you remember when you first developed it? I mean, as a, as a kid even, we've had great stories of when you knew, okay, this is my first entrepreneurship. I'm striking, I'm going out on my own. You know, I think I was really lucky because I had a situation in my previous company where I really got to be an entrepreneur under someone else's umbrella, mm. which gave me a lot of confidence because mm-hmm. awesome. I had a fallback plan. I mean, I had like a, a safety net, I guess is a better word. Um, 
and I wanted freedom. So when I decided uh, to go out on my own. You say freedom. Part of the dream was to be able to sit with my laptop any, which, any place I could, right. looking out at a mountain or an ocean or something beautiful. Right. Which you do. Not necessarily <laughs> in an office. You don't need to be in an office at 9 a.m. and check mm-hmm. in and punch that nope. clock. No. I mean, I may be working all the time, but I may go to the gym at 10 o'clock and be on a conference call at 11.01. Um, and my life is flexible. It's 24-7, but it's not. It's just, it all flows together. And I wanted that. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to be able to control my own life and schedule. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a big thing for me. So it, it was, you know, the, your entrepreneurship really comes from the fact that you want to be where you want to be when you want to be there, not on anyone else's terms. Most definitely. That's it. It takes a lot of discipline to do that. Most people want to be in a system where they're accountable to the system to a manager, they to need a, that. you know, well, it's scary. It. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's scary. scary. You walk yeah. away from the paycheck, the, 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 the insurance, the, 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 the whole, you know, protective bubble, which is great. I did it for, for a long time. So sometimes I'm scared, but it doesn't stop me. Yeah. I, look, at if you're in this room doing this podcast, odds are good. You don't mind going out on your own right. and making things happen. Listen, there's lots of great presidents of companies they're not the entrepreneurs. Somebody right. started the company. Somebody put the risk in. And so everybody has a role. But as an entrepreneur, for me, I always think I'm one step away from bankruptcy. You know, I mean, I operate out of this. Yeah. Like, I got to do it. I got to keep doing it and mm-hmm. keep building it and doing it. And that's worked for me. But that fear button never goes away. Plus, I've seen your credit score. You are one step. <laughs> you are one step away. Uh, I was going to talk to you afterwards. Let's see what we can do about that. The structure, I could never, I mean, I could never be a nine to five, an eight thirty oh. to, no, I, 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 I'll never will. I, well, I never well, it's have funny because Can't. I, I would tell people today, I'm unemployable. You, you couldn't employ me because right. I can't fit into any, you know, sense of normalcy. We could collaborate. The, we could totally, which is what we're doing. Right. You know, right. when we're done here, we're going to sit down and we're going to make the Reese's peanut butter cup. We're going to come up with ways that what we both know, who we both know, we're better off sharing that information with a common goal. And guess who wins? Not only us, our clients win. Right. Female entrepreneurship is different. Leslie. It's different. Um, of course, and we've you discussed know, I sound it like several a... times. We've had several female guests on this podcast. It is it is different. It now it's viewed differently now than perhaps it was just twenty years ago or even ten years ago. But it doesn't matter. I but mean, it still is a different beast. It's it's different. But I always think that women are better managers. They're better listeners, and they see things from a different perspective. So there's so many incredible women out there that have built really cool companies or they've led really great companies. Um, it is harder because people just look at you different. I mean, there's plenty of times for years when I was the only woman in a room. Mm-hmm. I remember know. those. Yeah. You, there was not Vogue then, excuse the, the magazine <laughs> reference, but, ah, it certainly, but it certainly wasn't clever. Vogue to have a, a senior executive right. female in the yes, room. But and I do there, think... Was there glamour? <laughs> no, but there was times when you really had joke. to... Oh, Don't make me you. mad. Like <laughs> <mad> magazine. <laughs> oh, you... Yeah, but I think there's time as a woman, as a woman well, you're being the only one in the room, know that you really had to speak up and let yourself be known. Of course. Otherwise, they're going to be like, oh, can you get me coffee? And uh-huh. be like, mm, I don't think so. Yeah. But. <laughs> no. Sorry. I mean, listen, you know, I love the TV show Mad Men. And I'm watching Mad Men going, I can't believe this that was 1960. I unbelievable? I can't believe this right. is just. Like, but then I'm in corporate workplaces 
And I still hear how men talk about referred to oftentimes. I've had female boss my entire life. I've never known any difference, any really? difference of what my entire life. Oh, wow. Might have, since I was nine, it's a maitre d' at a restaurant. And then at the hockey rink where I worked, the woman that ran that, all the way through. The marketing company was in college. The marketing and promotions company, right through here at ESPN, market manager. That's Stephanie an Punch. interesting dynamic. Always, always, yeah. always. But, but then again, I was always, I never thought there was any difference to it until you take a step back and go, oh, my experience is different from everybody else. Would you ever work for a woman? Would you ever be married to a woman that makes more money than you? What, what are you talking uh, but those are real questions. People dude. see yeah. it those are real questions. Those traditional Don Draper, yeah. you know, <laughs> Sterling, whatever the name of that Cooper firm. That the Madman stuff blows my mind, but that still exists. I mean, they may not say it with you in the room, right? I mean, now people now, now every guy walks on eggshells around a woman because right. this crazy time that we're in right now. Yep. But it, it, it's it's life, and I think you've got to get the chip off your shoulder and just say, it is. It's a fact of of life, and I don't dwell on it really for a second. I might get pissed off every once in a while, but mm-hmm. I don't dwell on it, and I don't operate under that kind of, you know. But you said when you're in that room, you got to speak up and be heard, or they're going to underassume, or they're going to underestimate you rather, or make assumptions. That's true, and so I've always been, thankfully, um, able to express myself pretty well. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it doesn't a week doesn't go by where I don't bump into somebody who worked for me, who I mentored, who I helped get their first job still in my life for the last 25 years and so that gives me great satisfaction in a way I think that's a really great female characteristic that I have is that you know maybe it's the mom thing but I'm a nurturer Mm -hmm. I'm a listener I can be tough but for the most part um, I love to see people succeed and I think that's why I get such a charge out of connecting the dots yeah it's because when you connect a great situation or Same. people or an opportunity Same. and it works and they're happy. I love that. And no one could ever take that away from no, you. That's that like gets building buildings. Right. Same kind of thing. Those kind of things that you do. Like I can look at strategic partnerships that I did and go, I did that. I know. You know that made my building. Yeah. It does. Know? Yeah. I mean, listen, the psychology part of me and the background of my psychology tells me that those of us that like to connect others and see them gain, it's because we ourselves want someone to be proud of us. We want someone to be like, I'm proud of you. Good job. Someone didn't tell us enough. Someone was out of the picture. So I'm kind of, I'm self, I'm satisfied just by knowing it. I don't have to walk around talking about it. I like it. It's like, no, no, no. I like to talk about it. I mean, (laughs) no, 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 no. Whatever. It is a, (laughs) it is a subconscious need for someone to be proud. Of you, whether it be you of yourself. Well, maybe somewhere down there. Yeah, I believe that. Some Freudian thing down yeah. there. It Who is. Knows? It is for sure. Now, you said women are uh, better leaders, you believe, and also better listeners. Is that nature or is that nurture? That's got to be genetic, right? right. That, that's just that's a nature thing of the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. We brought you in this world, and so we are taking charge. I think we're not as driven by ego as men are. Ah. So that we have the ability to... Um, mm. Steve disagrees. He, Steve disagrees. Steve disagrees. Whatever. I, I don't necessarily disagree, and I don't mean to interrupt, which I am. You are. But um, there are so many nuances that are op- that are my eyes are open to. Right. We had another female guest. I don't know if you know Heather Monahan. Um, boss on heels. Yeah. Boss. Boss and heels. Boss and, and heels. Um, and I have been trying to get together with her with a program that I call Fifty Cups of Coffee. So I invite people to coffee. Hey, let's just grab coffee. It's a visit, and it's mm-hmm. you know. And when she was on the show, the first thing we talked about was she was like, who's this creep trying to have coffee with me? <laughs> right. You know, like, yeah. I never looked at it in that way, mm-hmm. but there's still that male dominant date, uh, the female that comes up first. 
I was oblivious to it, but she's opened my eyes. I've had conversations with other female CEOs. I'm actually going to lunch next week with another female CEO that I don't do business with. I just really want to explore this, this conversation that in her mind, in a lot of people's minds, there's the date thing going on all the time. And maybe that, you know, so it's... I mean, my first jobs were in New York City, and I was young in my early 20s, and I was working for these old guys. Right. <laughs> and, you know, there was a lot of predatory kind of things going on there. Just walking, you know, on the subway, walking from the train, there is whistles and cat calls and hey, baby, and, there, and it exists today. Yeah, right. But, like... What, I mean, I you know used to have bosses touching my knee as I'm as as they're scooting up next to me to discuss something. Can't get away with that anymore. No, but no one should they. say anything. And nor should they. Or nor should they. they. No, right, you know? I was scared to death. Right, exactly. But you know, you kind of learn from that, and you're like, I don't need to take that anymore. I was and oblivious not, to all of that. Right. And this is opening my eyes to some behavior that I had that had no harm in no intent, but can be construed. Listen, I'm the guy that spent four hours a day, five days a week, 13 years taking calls from randoms all around the country, talking to everyone about everything. Someone asking me my opinion on them getting gender reassignment. Somebody asking me whether or not they should take their husband off life support. You name it. I'm in the. You name it. And I thought I was like, hey, hey, hey. Two weeks ago on Twitter, Jamel Hill says, listen, if you're a gentleman and you get in the uh, elevator, don't ask us what floor. You punch yours in first. Also, go ahead and exit the elevator before us. Also, in a hotel hallway, don't hold the door for us. Walk behind us because you don't realize it, but we think you're going to try to go to our floor. You're going to try and attack us from behind. And I was like, it blew my mind because we never thought of it. We thought we were being gentlemen. We thought we were being uh, just a gentleman. Well, here's another one thing is I traveled by myself for business all over the world for years. Yeah. And I was always really careful. I made sure that I asked for a room close to the, you know, close to the elevator and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because you get to a hotel and they'd put you, you know, right. at the end of the world mm-hmm. and you just didn't know. And no one taught me that years ago, you know. But every time I've had young women that have worked for me, I always kind of coach them on, like, being smart and looking out for yourself. Yeah. I just never, because, I never realized that if we said, ask, excuse me, what floor would you like? Right. That, a lot of women are thinking like he's going to go to wherever I'm going, and then that's a perfect example. Of I'm not really thinking that way. Right. I'm thinking right. in this old school etiquette. Like I think about it now. I'm being a gentleman, yeah. and you know sure. what? Being a gentleman is not being a gentleman anymore. Yeah. And we've had these roundtables that are really eye opening to me. Like, wow, I get it. I didn't realize that was going through your brain. I totally get it. You're totally right, but. I was brought up as a gentleman. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's Correct. part of it. I mean, it. I think we've gone a little extreme. Yeah. And it'll it'll even itself out. But every, it's it's a touchy subject. And a is. lot of people have, you know, whatever. Leslie Wolfson, founder, president, Connect the Dots. Thank you for the time today. It was a pleasure. It goes fast. It went fast. Right. It was fun. Well, if it, you can always tell. If it goes fast, it means it was good. Wow, that and was today fast. Was good. Well, I, th- I, I thought I was exceptional today. So that's probably why it went fast. You're and always okay. exceptional. You're always All right. I, can't, I mean, my back hurts a lot from carrying you. Um, but, you know, we're a team, right? I'm practicing hard. It's like a love fest here with you two. Oh, we've been doing it. You know what? We went, I went back and listened to some of the early shows. I was not that good. Um, I was not. But I have gotten better. <laughs> no, you've always been good. You just gotten really good. Thank you. Uh, uh, before we go, Steve, you tell us something good, as we always do with each and every episode. Tell us something good as we put a bow on number. So I 60. do this every week. I talk about something great, something good. Uh, Thursday, I'm going on vacation. I'm taking four days. Me and my lady, we're going to uh, the SLS in Bahamar, oh. and I have LinkedIn to thank for it because they reached out to me. They're uh, talking about doing some training programs. 
and they want me Which to be SLS? the guy. Which one? Uh, uh, in Bahamar. It's, uh, they have uh, SLS, uh, Rosewood, and Grand Hyatt. So uh, I'm going down. We're going to sit, talk in a little bit of business, and then I'm going to chill and I do what, SLS, uh, what vacation people do. Yeah. And I'll tell you all about it. So thank you, Jane Martin. I will uh, share this uh, this opportunity with you. And uh, there's going to be a lot of ways we can help to build their business. So I'm I'm super jacked Congratulations. up. Congratulations. You know what? Uh, life is good, and that is certainly something good. Uh, I'm bringing Kenny, though. So Ken Levicka, <laughs> producer of your podcast, do that. That sounds like I'll fun. be ready to go. Yep. Ken's going to Las Vegas this weekend for uh, one and a half days. He said so he can catch up on rest. And he's not even joking. Welcome to my like, life. What a Are jackass. Uh-huh. What a jackass. In the history of mankind, no one said, I'm going to Vegas so I can get some rest. No uh, one ever. Uh, yeah, kick my feet up. Yeah. For Steve Nodelberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. Thank so you, long. Leslie.